I'm Dr. Orion Taraban, and this is PsychAx, Better Living Through Psychology. And the topic of today's short talk is, I don't want to waste my time. So this is something that men generally hear from women, often older women, women who have entered their 30s, but not always. The idea here is that from her perspective, a relationship that doesn't have a high likelihood of ending in marriage and children is not worth investing in. Since her biological clock is ticking, her time is an increasingly precious resource, and she can no longer spend it with men who are not prepared to give her what she wants. Such men are time wasters. All right. Well, I have a few unconventional takes on this topic. Let's get into it. First, I can begin with the most obvious one, namely, it's not actually possible for someone else to waste your time. You can waste your own time, but someone else cannot waste your time without your permission. Take one of these episodes, for instance. Even if I were to set out with the explicit intention to waste your time by, say, rambling tangentially or reading a string of random numbers or talking total nonsense, I couldn't actually do it without your participation. Like, I couldn't force you to sit there and waste your time without your consent. And if I weren't providing value, you would probably think I was acting ridiculous and move on to another episode after a certain amount of time. Externalizing responsibility for that decision by arguing, well, I wasted your time because of my content or my intentions would be immature as it would be an abnegation of personal responsibility. So no one can actually waste your time even if that is their explicit intention without your consent. Now, the pushback that I usually get from this position is that some men actually are time wasters, Orion, because they are flat out deceitful. Like, this man lies right to your face and says things like, oh, sweetie baby, I love you. You're the only one for me. I want you forever and ever. I want to start a family with you, but I'm just not ready yet, or whatever. And to make this the most egregious possible example, let's even assume malice like, the guy has no real intention of ever making good on any of these promises. Even in this case, even in the most extreme example of this phenomenon, the woman is still responsible, not entirely, but mostly responsible for wasting her time. Unpopular belief, but if you believe a lie, it is, to some extent, your fault for believing the lie. That is, it's your responsibility for not exercising appropriate discernment with respect to what you choose to believe. Now, some liars are very convincing, and some of us have to learn this lesson the hard way, but that's the way it is. Think about it. How could someone tell you exactly what you wanted to hear? Could it possibly be because you made it very obvious what you wanted to hear? Or could it be that you punished the truth and therefore were asking to be lied to? Or is it possible that your attraction caused you to turn a blind eye to some of the inconsistencies you noticed in his behavior? Things to consider. Now, should the guy have lied? Well, it depends on what you mean by should. The town liar should lie. That's what the liar does. You should not expect a liar to tell the truth. Expressing moral indignation is wasted emotion and would be energy better spent improving your discernment. Believing that people shouldn't lie or steal or cheat or betray is believing in a world 
that doesn't exist. Rather than exhort reality to be other than it is, learn to navigate that reality more successfully. Externalizing responsibility for that obligation by remaining in a victim role communicates that you, in effect, still haven't learned your lesson. And this means that you will likely re-experience that victimization until you do so. Now, before I go any further, if you're liking what you're hearing, please consider sending this episode to someone who might benefit from its message because it's word of mouth referrals like this that really help to make the channel grow. And you can also hit the super thanks button. It's the three little buttons in the lower right hand corner of the video and tip me in proportion to the value you feel you've received from this episode. This helps to make this all happen and I really appreciate your support. Now, another problem with the idea of having your time wasted is that it suggests on some level that if a relationship isn't a forever after affair, if it doesn't end in marriage and a lifelong partnership with the two of you holding hands on your deathbed using your last breaths to communicate your undying love and commitment for each other, then the relationship is a failure and a waste of time. This is something that we really need to examine carefully because the fact of the matter is that all relationships end and the longevity of a relationship cannot be the primary metric of success. I know many perfectly stable, unhappy marriages, thank you very much, if a person is going to invalidate all the good a relationship provided simply as a consequence of the fact that it ended or the fact of how it ended or the fact that it didn't provide everything we would have liked, then that person is very stupid. And that person is stupid because she has robbed herself of a significant portion, months or even years, of her own life. It's immensely self-disrespectful to judge one's own experiences and decisions as valueless and wasted because of whether or how a relationship ended. This attitude is almost monstrous and should be closely examined. All right, and my final issue with this phrase, I don't want to waste my time, is that it is a tactic used by women to put pressure on a man to, if not make a commitment, then at least make a commitment to making a commitment in the near future. I've spoken with many men who have made significant commitments to women out of guilt and pity for the woman's circumstances, namely that she is running out of time with respect to her reproductive window. Listen to me, men. You do not have to play hot potato. Her failure to plan is not your responsibility. If she's in her 30s, her relationship with you is not her first rodeo. This means that she has likely turned down other relationships, and in some cases, many other relationships, before you even entered the picture. Her decisions have brought her to this point in her life. You do not need to rescue her from the consequences of her decisions because she potentially overestimated how easy it would be to get what she wanted when she finally felt ready to want it. How did she spend her 20s? Some of them were just having fun at the club. But the vast majority of women who end up in this situation chose to prioritize their career throughout this decade of their lives. And some of them do this very successfully, which gives them what I would call a false sense of confidence in their ability to get married and have a family. And how can you blame them? Up to this point, they've gotten pretty much everything that they've wanted. A master's degree, a six-figure salary, lots of male attention and they were encouraged to and celebrated when they took this path. 
The issue is that the game changes significantly in the 30s when men come into their own. And many of those men who would have been thrilled to get her in her 20s won't be as excited if she lets him have her in his 30s. If they want it all, women would be smart to go after marriage first. If they still feel like they're missing out, they can always be employees in their 30s. I had a number of hot takes in this one, but I think there's a lot of truth in this episode. What do you think? Please let me know in the comments below. And if you've gotten this far, you might as well like this episode and subscribe to this channel. You may also consider becoming a channel member with perks like priority review of comments or booking a paid consultation. As always, thank you for listening.